Hello. I am Darby. I am one of our campus pastors with Focus. So Focus is uh, the ministry that partners with this church that reaches out to college students. So if you didn't know that, you can probably ask somebody and they should know more about that. And you might not have seen me very much this year. And it's not because I haven't been here. It's because I've been in the back with the babies where I'd rather be right now than up here. <laughs> um, but yes, so we're in this new series. Um, and I'm going to talk about the story in Mark 4 today. So I do have some slides. Wow. Um, so Mark 4. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So yeah, let me set the scene a little bit for you. And then I'm going to tell my own kind of interpretation of this story. Uh, so yeah, Jesus is in the boat teaching parables. Earlier in Mark 4, we get to see the parable of the sower, the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the farmer. If you haven't read those, it's very short, Mark 4, so you should read it. Um, but yeah, he explains these parables to the disciples and continues to tell more parables. So it's been a long day. Um, and yeah, Jesus tells them that he wants to go to the other side, so they leave the shore where all the people have been listening with him. So let's put ourselves in this story. Let's imagine this, if you will. So yeah, we're, we're headed to the other side of the lake. It's been a long day of meeting with people and listening to Jesus speak. And he speaks to us in parables, um, and we struggle to catch on to what he's saying. We're tired, our head hurts a little bit, trying to figure out all that's going on. Jesus didn't choose the smartest bunch, um, so you're probably tired and hungry from traveling around with this man. You want to relax and rest, and suddenly it starts raining. No, not raining, pouring. This storm starts out of nowhere. There's no warning, as if someone randomly threw a bucket of water at you. You're drenched, and it's been a couple days since you had a shower, so it's probably not the worst thing, um, except the rain isn't stopping. You're being tossed back and forth by the waves. Um, the rain is coming down, and you're in a tiny boat. Where, where did Jesus go in all of this? The waves come up over the boat, drenching you and filling the boat. You have water up to your calves, and the waves don't stop coming and are rapidly filling the boat. You didn't sign up for this. You wonder what your teacher, the man who called you to follow him, is doing, and someone goes over to check on him. He's asleep. You know it's been a long day, but how can he sleep through this? It's raining so hard that you can barely see the other boats traveling with you. Someone walks up to Jesus. Don't you care if we drown? Why are you sleeping when we're struggling with this? Some of us are fishermen and are used to the sea, but it's something that even disrupts them. What's happening? Does Jesus care? How can he sleep at a time like this? 
Jesus gets up from his sleeping spot, rebukes the wind, and says, quiet, be still to the waves, and they listen. And the late, sorry, and the waves listen. As suddenly as it came on, it left. The sea is calm. You see the reflection of the sky in the sea. And it's hard to remember the craziness that was plaguing you mere seconds ago, except the fact that you're so still. Who is this man? You're just staring at Jesus. He begins to speak. Are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? What does this mean? You look around at the other disciples. Who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is he that he speaks to the forces of nature and they listen? Who did we sign up to follow? So yeah, my first little section. Um, you could call them points, but I don't like that. So anyways, they're ideas that I'm going over. Um, I'm a four, so I'm not like the other preachers. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, strike that from the record. Um, so yeah, have you... Uh, so is... God or your worry bigger? Ooh, fun. Um, have you ever been caught in a natural disaster? Caught out in the elements with little to no protection. Um, it's not as common these days. You know, we have houses that are built up pretty strong around us. We have basements for tornadoes and all that stuff. I did not experience tornadoes until I came to Denton. That's scary. <laughs> there's there's a, the state park right by our house, and you can hear the sirens, and every time I'm like, oh, gosh. But I'm, like, in my house, so it's not anything crazy. Cool. I'm going to keep talking. If you can't hear me, I'll go back. Um, have you had life circumstances that have felt hopeless with no shelter in sight? What's made you feel desperate and alone? Do you feel like you're drowning? And where is God in these moments? Does he feel far? Is he sleeping in the other room while you struggle to stay above the waves? You find your ask, yourself asking, where are you, God? Where are you when you've lost a job or a spouse? When illness has suddenly swept in, when you can't find a foothold in the upward climb of life and feel stranded, ready to fall, where is God? So many things. Um, I mean, they're pretty—they're pretty bad, but not as bad as the tornadoes. I mean, so, um, but yeah, I think it's been easy for me to expect that life's supposed to be easy, and even feel entitled by it. We live in a modern and democratic world built on structures that are supposed to protect us. And we believe in God and think that that belief ought to save us from the trials and tribulations of this world. And it's easy to seek comfort when there's so much unsteadiness all around us. But is that what Jesus promises us? I have come to bring ease and steadiness and comfort. No, <laughs> he does not say that. He says, I have come to bring life and life to the full. And he calls his disciples to pick up their cross and leave behind their old life. And Josh reminded us last week that Jesus came to bring life, but that life came through death. Death to self, death to hopes and dreams, to my preferences and my plans. And Jesus tells us that we're going to be persecuted because of him. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. And yeah, we're not persecuted in the same way as Jesus, but we do get 
backlash for following Christ. And it's getting pretty hostile out there for anyone who doesn't agree with the cultural rhetoric. And we can buy into that and build ourselves a tiny rap out of what the culture says, uh, just to stay above the waves. But that's not going to help us. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things that you, that, uh, so that in me you may have peace. I, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Um, yeah, I don't really want to get into persecution because that's not what this sermon's about, but it's hard to follow God, and it's a narrow path that leads to life. In my next section, uh, with Jesus we have confidence. And we live in a fallen world in which there are powers of chaos who are out there to destroy us, to pull us away from the Lord. And I see this a lot in campus ministry, but I assume you see it too in your jobs and wherever you go. Things are trying to pull us away from what God wants for us. But Jesus is our Savior. He's already won. He has the power over these forces and shows us in this story what he can do for those whose lives are threatened. And we see in the story that Jesus has dominion over the sea, and then in other stories that he has power over disease, demons, and even death. He's already saved us, and confidence in that allows us to face these threats with trust and courage, despite what things come our way. And we're going to read Psalm 107. Um, if you want to like get that out, that'd be helpful as I read through it. Uh, but it parallels the story in Mark 4. So, Psalm 107, 23 through 32. It says, Some went out to the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down, into, went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage, courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' ends. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of all the people and praise him in the council of elders." This is not chocolate milk. It's chocolate milk with a little bit of coffee. So. Non-dairy. I get in some trouble because I drink dairy and it doesn't sit well with me, but here we are. Um, so yeah, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And the Lord in the Old Testament was the only one had, who had dominion over the sea. The sea was thought to be a place where the Lord dealt with evil and was a wild place. We'll see later in Mark, I don't think anyone's talking about this, but literally Mark chapter 5, that Jesus cast the pigs um, that have been possessed by demons into the sea, dealing with sin. And Jesus was showing up, doing things only God did. And Brennan Manning says this, We cannot deduce anything about Jesus from what we think we know about God. We must now deduce everything about God from what we know about Jesus. And Jesus shows us who God is. He shows us his character and what he's like. We get to see him human and tangible, interacting with people who are just as messed up and misguided as us. 
Jesus has the power to still outward storms that threaten our life and inward storms that threaten our souls. Is there anything too powerful for the Lord? Is there anything too big for the Lord? He's infinitely powerful and loves us deeply. And both of those things are essential to his character. If he was just a man and not God, how could he save us from death and other things we deal with? And if he did not love us, how could we rely on him? Both of those are essential into understanding Jesus. And we're shown again and again in story after story of how good Jesus is. And based on the previous assertion in the Brennan Manning quote, quote um, how good God is. And that's what we get to see in the Gospels. Jesus interacts with people and shows them his character and his heart. And that's why I'm so excited about this sermon series. We get to see Jesus in action, to be reminded of who he is. And we need to have those words written on our heart. We need to be steeped in it and changed by the way that Jesus interacts with others. The whole what would Jesus do, WWJ thing, doesn't really work if we don't know what Jesus did. Yeah, when we don't know Jesus well, we can make him into a nice guy who looks like us and doesn't offend us, or into a radical who only cares about government change. And neither of those things actually represents the way that Jesus actually is. We need to know Jesus and love him before we can expect the same from, for others. And looking at the disciples, we see their response to the storms um, and threats is with fear. And they fail to have faith in the one who can save them save us, really. Um, but Jesus responds to our lack of faith with him showing up. Even when we're disobedient, God is still faithful, and he can't deny his nature. And it reminds me of Jonah. Jonah ran from the calling that God gave him, and despite Jonah's disobedience, God was still faithful to save the Ninevites. So I want to ask a couple questions. Uh, what do you fear more than the Lord? What do you fear more than the Lord? Are you trying to control your life? Are you open to the Lord being in control? Are you open to the Lord being in control? And we ought to pray the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, not my will, but yours. And surrender to the Lord. And we can't be people who let fear come in and rule our lives. We're no longer slaves to that kind of life. Fear is not our God. Moving out of fear is crippling. It leaves us frazzled and unsteady. And I've lived that way. I've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety, and I'm on medication for that. Um, and anxiety is a disease that gets us thinking just about ourselves. And that we, and it helps, it, words. Um, and it gets us from thinking about other people in the big picture to just thinking about ourselves. And we're pulled away from the things that the Lord has, us, has for us, and we get trapped in our own head. Um, yeah, and the people of God shouldn't be people who are only looking out for their own good. Yeah, when we look at the way that the disciples respond to, to these trials and tempests, um, yeah, the disciples really ought to have known better um, and who they were in the boat with. And Jesus sleeping in the boat is not a lack of his care, but his trust in God, which he expected from his disciples. And we see later um, in the Garden of Gethsemane again when um, 
the disciples should be awake. They're sleeping while Jesus is praying. So we get an interesting parallel there. Um, it wasn't their, their lack of faith there, but it was their lack of faith here um, in this story. And Psalm 3, 5 says, our response to heart, what? Nope. Um, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustained me, sustains me. Um, yeah, and our response to hardship will tell others what we believe. Um, and we really do act out of what we believe. If there are storms around us and we're sleeping, we believe that it's under control. If we believe that things are threatened, we'll run around and try and fix things. I know that when I'm stressed, I have a pretty hard time sleeping. I stay awake and try and anxiously uh, work out what I'm stressed about. Example, last night, I could not sleep. Um, and Drew and I are moving into a new house. And I was like, what is it going to look like? And so I went on Airbnb um, and looked at other houses that I wanted for inspo. And like, yeah, that's not going to help anything. Um, but yeah, when our, when our fear becomes bigger than our trust, we have a problem. But yeah, I don't want to minimize our pain, but let's look at Jesus' response to our fear and anxiety. He says, cast your burdens on me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Martha, Martha, you worry about many things, but only one thing is essential. That's sitting at Jesus' feet. And Jesus asked the disciples about food uh, to feed the 4,000 after he previously fed the 5,000. <laughs> Um, which is interesting, and Jesus, um, you know, feeds them. They've already had that example, but rather than saying, how dare you not know? Don't you remember this thing that just happened? He kindly brings them back to his truth. And here in Mark 4, he says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? It makes me think of a good father trying to help his children. And so I want to tell a little story uh, about taking my niece to a trampoline park um, and there is this one area where there's this balance beam, and there's this foam pit, and my niece is standing on the edge of the, um, not the trampoline, the little balancing board, and Daniel, her dad, um, is standing there in the pit trying to get her to jump in. She's timid and keeps saying no, um, and Daniel gets to a point where he can't provide the right, you know, logic to get a three-year-old to jump in the pit in this situation. He has the ability to keep her out of harm's way. And so is, does God. He's bigger than our fears and wants us to trust him. He has us. We can jump into the unknown, the metaphorical foam pit, because we know our dad is standing there waiting to catch us. God is not mad at us, but is waiting for us to trust him and rely on him. And I'm reminded of the disciples walking on... Uh, reminded of Jesus walking on the water, and the disciples are afraid because they think he's a ghost, and they say, take courage, it is I. And he's waiting there for us to choose to trust him because he loves us and is in control. But yeah, I have a video of Luna eventually jumping into the foam pit. She loved it, would not stop, and eventually jumped from like six feet into this foam pit. And God knows what we'll enjoy and what will be good for us, and we just have to trust him. That's Luna. I love her. I talk to her all day. Yeah. She's so cute. Um, but yeah, we have to have that trust. Um, have to have that trust in the same way. Like, God's not going to let us fall um, into something that we're not, not ready for, that he can't save us from. Because he's bigger than all of those things. He controls creation and people and death. Like, what, what do we have to be afraid of? 
And then my next point, Jesus brings us through the storms, not out of them. So yeah, trusting that the Lord is working and moving and has all the power gives us reassurance when we feel um, unsteady or when we're facing difficult times. We take our eyes off the storm and fix them on Jesus. Jesus, the creator and perfecter of our faith. And Jesus is the one who spoke creation into being with his words. The God who made and upheld his covenant with his people throughout the millennia, despite their unfaithfulness. The one who came to earth to save us from sin and death um, that awaited us all. The one who fought death and won. Jesus who created with his word, stops the sea with his words. He's bigger than our problems and gives us the confidence to face troubles knowing we're not alone. So yeah, I want to tell a little story about, um, yeah, God working and moving in my life. So this is a longer story. If you want to talk to me about it later, you're more than welcome to. I've gotten some questions. Um, this is a story of how I like got diagnosed with cancer and like went through that. And I've gotten questions before of like, uh, is that hard for you to talk about? And honestly, a little bit, but also God's goodness really does shine through this story. So if you want to talk more, just let me know. Um, but yeah, I got diagnosed with cancer in May 2020. Um, I'd been in Denton for less than a year. Um, yeah, some people think I went to UNT. I did not. I went to UTD. Don't know how. Not smart enough for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd been in Denton for less than a year, and Drew and I had been married for less than two years. Um, and yeah, head and neck cancers are pretty rare, and mine was uh, deadly, and they said if they didn't find it in time, um, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, I think it would have been really easy to dwell on that and to um, feel sorry for myself. And I started with that. I asked the Lord, where are you in all of this? Why would this happen to me? Why didn't you answer my prayer to take this away from me? And his answer was similar to the one we see in Mark 4. He's in control. He saw the bigger picture and had all the power in this situation. It was a neat season of learning how to trust God when I couldn't rely on much of anything. We were doing ministry over Zoom um, because campuses were closed down. I didn't know how we could afford medical bills. We fundraise our salaries. Um, I didn't know if I would be able to have children one day because pumping, pumping chemicals in your body isn't super great for fertility. Um, and we were far from my family and Drew's. But even then, um, even though we were far from the people who were closest to us in the previous season, God still showed up. Things seemed unsteady and out of control, and there was nothing I could cling to, nothing that wasn't in flex. Only the Lord was there, and he showed up and used his people to give me comfort and to take care of me. I don't think I'd be the person I am today without experiencing cancer and going through treatment. In hard seasons, and experience are tough, but unlike the rest of the world, we're not people who live without hope. God refines us through the hard times and makes us more like him. He's near to us. He's near to the brokenhearted. When we are at our most desperate times, we're able to recognize our need. Those most open to receiving Jesus' power in their, life, in their lives are those who most recognize their desperate need of it. Whether you recognize it or not, you desperately need Jesus. 
You need him to transform your selfish heart. You need him to walk through uh, with you, walk through your life with you and be by your side through life's storms. I think of just a couple stories off the top of my head. Uh, the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, she comes to Jesus in desperation. She, she had spent all of her money trying to get treated, and he was her last resort. And so she came to him, and because of her faith, God healed her. Um, I think of the Seraphonician woman whose daughter was sick. I think sick? Yeah. Who uh, should, by all rights and reasoning in that time, should have not talked to Jesus. But she's like, I'm going to put myself out there because I need help. I think of John the Baptist sending his disciples to Jesus to confirm who he was, because even he was confused. I think of the man with leprosy begging Jesus to be healed, if you are willing. I think of Jairus, the synagogue leader, coming to Jesus for his daughter's healing. I think of Jesus's mom coming to Jesus, um, the wedding at Cana, because there was nothing else that she could do. And there are no safe places in life, and the own, uh, and one can only find security with Jesus and a serenity that this world does not know and cannot give. And Jesus is the answer to the brokenness of the world, so logically we should go to him when we are experiencing hardship. He is the one who is with us through the storms. So yeah, then my last little point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what does it look like for us to be Jesus? based on this story in Mark. So we're not Jesus, obviously, uh, but we can look like Jesus and point other people to him and show them what he looks like. We can be patient and stable people, people who are a pocket of stability in an unstable world. Not so we can bring all the attention to ourselves, but so we can point people back to Jesus. We can remind others of the truth of who God is, that he's bigger and more powerful than the storms plaguing us. And go, going back to the story of my niece jumping into the foam pit, we can be the aunt on the sidelines cheering her on, encouraging others to, and celebrating when they choose to trust Jesus. Yeah, and putting our trust in Jesus' heart, it's going to ebb and flow. But the correct response is going to Jesus, crying out to him like David in the Psalms, asking where he is in all of this and expecting him to show up. That's one of the neat things about doing life in community, is we're able to help one another as we struggle to follow Jesus and trust him. Yeah, I'm going to pray, and then I have a couple discussion questions. I think we have time. That was short. And I'm sweaty, so I want to sit down. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'll pray for us. Dear Lord, just thank you for being with us through these things um, that we go through in this life. Lord, you... You give us the ability to go through hard things and come out the other end looking more like you. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, wherever we find ourselves, at the calm or in the storm, Lord, that you can just show us that you're there and show us how we can continue to serve and love you. We thank you so much for community and for, um, yeah, just everything you're doing here. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Yes, questions? Questions to think through. Um, Yes. Oh, man. I don't know where I put them. So, yeah. In what ways are you not, uh, are you tempted to not trust Jesus? And then, what do you think is bigger than the Lord? So just take some time to think about that and then.
Somebody will come up? Okay, cool. They were in my head two seconds ago, but not currently. Yeah, in what ways are you tempted to not trust God, and what do you think is bigger than God? Yes. Cool, cool. Thanks again to Darby. Let's give her another hand. So we've got a couple announcements. So use the last little bit of energy you've got. Don't miss these things. Um, The first one is that we've got a small but mighty sound team, but we'd like to have a medium-sized but mighty sound team. So um, if you would like to help with sound, you don't have to have any previous knowledge. You just have to be willing to serve. Please come talk to Hannah McGinty right here after church, or one of the sound team people, although they'll be a little bit busy packing the sound team stuff up. So um, talk to Hannah. We'd love to help you get connected and teach you how to do sound so we can have a little bit more robust of a team, more people helping and serving. But also thank you to our current sound team who faithfully does this stuff every week and does it on a, a very, like, very small team. Like, it's like one or two of them each week pulling all this stuff off. So, um, yeah, they're awesome. Looking at you, Anthony. Nice. Um, so the next thing is we're going to talk about the faith class. Brad, if you can come tell us about it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Brad. So uh, next week we'll start on uh, Sunday. Kind of where this came out of was just talking to a number of people kind of who thought their faith needed to grow or they felt like they were stagnating. And so the way that this class is organized is organized around kind of five aspects of faith. Um, the mind, kind of how do we think through some of the things that are hard to believe, um, you know, kind of the heart of the story of the gospel and trying to kind of connect with, you know, does it really relate to me? You know, the politics and morality side of it, you know, why is it the scripture kind of talks about things that maybe aren't so cool uh, in our current context? Uh, and then just some of our relationships and stuff. So each week, it's only an hour, it's one article, it's pretty simple. We're going to go through uh, basically a couple stories in Luke uh, and just talk about what does it look like for us to really have faith um, in God? The practical stuff, the gen- general stuff. So if you're struggling with something specific, this is good for you. If you're struggling with something really broad, this is great for you. If you have someone who, you know, has anything in between, this is great for you. Um, so anyway, yeah, that'll start next week. and It'll be here um, in that little kid's room from 830 to uh, 930. Thank you. Ask me if you have any questions. Dr. Brad, but we do need you to sign up because if there's not enough people that are going to do this, we're going to actually just push it to the fall. But either way, we're going to do this. We're not going to not improve our faith around here, okay? <laughs> just because there's not a lot of people wanting to do it doesn't mean we're not going to do it. So please sign up at DentonNorthChurch.com faith. 
And Brad's been working on us for a little while. Like basically as soon as he left staff, he had this idea and really wanted to, to put it into practice. And so he's been tinkering with it for a while. And so it's going to be really good. So please go let us know if you're interested in attending. There's questions even about like how often you can come. If you can like come to like half of them or something, that's a question on the sign up. And then it's still worth it to do it if we know you'll, you'll be there for part of the time. So DentonNorthChurch.com slash faith to sign up for this class. And that's going to be really cool. So please do that. The next thing is that the men's breakfast, monthly men's breakfast, is coming our way. Yeah. It, it's happening at, do you guys have a house name yet, by the way? Okay. It's happening at the Ryan Plache slash Sterling slash Anthony. Uh, yeah. The Plache Palace. Okay. Even though only one person who lives there is named Plache, but okay. It's happening at 1903 Misty Wood Lane on June 25th at um, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. We're going to have breakfast, hang out. We're also going to have a special guest sharing some thoughts with us that day, and we are not going to reveal who it is. Don't ask me. Don't ask Troy. Don't ask Ryan. Jude may be there, but he's not going to be the one sharing. Okay, so we'll see. His attendance is TBD, but please come. It's going to be super fun. The same, the very same day is a women's seminar. It is from 11 to 2 at the Martin Luther King Jr. Recreation Center. This is going to be super cool. Um, this is a really kind of a thing that some of our cohort ladies have been working on. What's up? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's not 1030, by the way. That's, that must have been a... Sorry, dude. That's not their fault. Um, I'll figure out somebody to blame later. It's from 11. 11 to 2. Somebody sent me the times that they had the building, like, reserved for. And then they're like, oh, wait, no, no, no. We don't want people showing up at 1030. That's when we get there. So 11 to 2. There's going to be a panel of women from across our family of churches. If you don't know, we are part of a family of churches. There's five churches in our network of churches. And some ladies all across the family of churches are going to be sharing on a panel um, and doing kind of Q&A deal about just what it's like to follow Jesus for a long time through various seasons of life, through ups and downs and challenges. So it's going to be really cool. Um, and those are the details we have for you right now. But the way to RSVP and let us know you're coming is DentonNorthChurch.com women. We just keep it, keep it chill with the URLs, dentonorthchurch.com slash women. Please let us know that you're coming. There's even an option for if you can only come for like the first half or the second half because there's going to be kind of an intermission in there. So please put that on the sign up as well. And then the uh, last thing is I just wanted to give a short giving update for you guys. So as of this past week, by my rough calculations, uh, we actually have covered the shortfall that we were experiencing for the past... Yeah. So... If you're, if you're like, wait, what the heck is happening? What's the shortfall? That sounds bad. Um, basically, for the past couple of months, we had crunched the numbers, and we were, in order just to do the basic stuff that we do every month at the church, we we're actually spending more than we were getting in, in giving. And so we asked you guys to step up and give a little extra or give if you weren't already giving. And you guys really responded to that. And so we've been able to get back to where we're not losing money every month, which is great. And just to remind you guys, we also have a couple goals. We don't want to just not lose money. We want to, like, look toward goals of the future and be able to um, really be inspired and give more generously to reach those things. So those things include, like, adding more staff, uh, planting another church, helping repairs at the Garland Building, and being able to generally just be able to still give to the community, you guys, y'all's needs y'all have, as well as the greater Denton community and outreach and needs that we hear about in our city. And so those are things we still want to uh, definitely be looking forward to and not just be content with not losing money every month. But that is still very good, and I want to thank you guys for responding so well to that. Uh, you can give at DentonNorthChurch.com slash donate, and also on Venmo. Um, we're at just at Denton North Church. 
I'll say a short prayer for us, and then we can stack the chairs and hang out because we've got some extra time. So, um, Lord, thanks so much for just this chance to hear about the way you've showed up in Darby's life and helped her through some pretty serious storms. Um, and Lord, help us just to to remember those kinds of stories that that are very relatable and and that are very um, very very helpful in the tough tough times of life. Um, help us just to think of you and trust you and know that the things that we really worry about, the things that we're really scared about, um, that you are trustworthy in the midst of those things. And you, you're not scared. You're not fearful. Um, and we can trust you and, and place our fear to the side and place it at your feet. And uh, Lord, thank you for the chances to worship together today. And we just love you so much. Thanks for being so good to us. Um, and thanks for just, um, just loving our little church. Help us to to do the little bit of work that you have for us in this city and um, help us just to be a blessing to this city that we're in and a blessing to the people of Denton and a blessing to the students here and a blessing to the young adults here. Everyone you send our way, Lord, help us to be a blessing and love them like you do. Here I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.